Hello. What's up? Chilling. What are you doing? You know what? I'm having the time of my life. We're watching the new season of Selena. And Selena. I'm thrilled. We found out it came on at like four, four in the morning, and I'm like, let's watch it. And she's like, you're gonna fall asleep. We're, I'm, I'm not like, gonna. No. I'm not gonna and stay up and watch it, and yeah. then have to rewatch it with you. So fine. I'm just That's trying to fair. be reasonable here. It's fair. Welcome to Who Knew. Welcome. How how are you? How was your week? Um, work was very busy. Mm-hmm. And... It's summertime. We're getting those summertime calls. Yeah, and those summertime shirts. I don't have to wear long sleeves anymore, which Heck is yeah. very nice. I bet. Super nice. It's, it's been very nice out. Even nicer being in a climate-controlled environment. You can so. wear whatever you want all the time. I don't. I can't wear whatever <laughs> I want. I have a uniform. But yeah. you can wear short sleeves. Or long that sleeves, is true. Or that a jacket true. if you want, right? Indeed. Okay. Yes, I have all of those part of my uniform. See, I can, but I <laughs> suffer consequences. So if I'm like, oh, I'll be fine, I'll wear short sleeves, it's 35 degrees. I'll probably, <laughs> because of karma, get stuck on a car accident for four hours. And so you'll, like, get frostbite. Outside. So, yeah. No, my week was good. Today was um, eventful and uh, stressful. In the world of transgender news. Oh, yeah. News for I me. forgot about today. So, my official name change got approved. Heck which yeah. was cool. But then, to like, go change everything else, you have to go get certified copies from the courts. So, it's literally the piece of paper that you have already, and they just, like, stamp it and, and emboss like, it. And emboss it. And each copy is 20 bucks. For her to literally just stamp it and put a little thing on it to That's make it all, embossed. Yeah, it was literally five seconds. Yeah. It was $20. But you have to have those to, like, you have to have one to change your social security, you have to have one to change your driver's license, and you have to have one for work, like work. usually. Yeah. So, that was that. And then we found out TRICARE is being shitty about my surgery, but, like, maybe not. But, like, who but knows? then, like, we have other options that we found out. It's just, it's been very up and deep. But we got tacos, which was good. So. Oh, my God. And we got Torchy's tacos. If anybody's ever had Torchy's tacos, I don't know if there's anywhere but Fort Collins that has them. It's so good. It was very good. I love Torchy's. Yeah. I couldn't really bite into it, though, because my teeth hurt. But it was worth the pain. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It was. Solid. It was so And then, good. T- yeah, tonight we're watching Selena and recording, and yeah. we're making chicken nuggets as we do this. Chicken nuggies. a great night. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how's your week? About the same. Cool. I just, um, with homework, I put it off a lot. I think I texted you every day. I was like, I'm literally trying to do anything else in the world right now yeah. besides do my homework. Uh-huh. It's just, you know, dumb classes that you have to take that are dumb and literally useless. Yep. It's like beginner college class for people that haven't had jobs yet, but I've had a job. I've ha- I have I'm in a career, so like you you're teaching yeah. me how to get a job that I already have. Yep. <laughs> like it's just fucking dumb. Yep. But yeah, like you said, playing a game, I got to get Check it over with. Play a game. Yeah, super fun. Cool. Anyways, in other news, I've ripped more pairs of pants, and I don't fit into <laughs> several pairs of shorts, so thank you, Testosterone, for that. Yes, and thank you for giving me some of your old pants. I love them. <laughs> They're so nice. They're so comfy. They sure were. <laughs> <laughs> At least one of us gets to enjoy them. You're right. Not some random right. person that we You're donated right. clothes I, I to. I donated, like, four bags of clothes today, so. Heck yeah. It's been fun. It has been fun. Um, are you ready? So, so um, I think I'm starting. This Indeed, week. you are. 
So I'm going to tell you about three... Oh, that's what we're talking about. Games. Three games. Slash rituals. Like Clue? That are haunted. Oh. Like, more like Bloody Mary, which is one of them. Oh, I was going to say Monopoly. That's pretty haunted. Nope. These are going to be haunted games or rituals. And I've got three for you. Two of them I think you have heard about. One of them I don't think you have. Okay. Okay. So, just a preface. One of these is pretty, like, seated in a lot of, like, kind of history, sort of. Like, very well-known game. The other two aren't, and they're more like creepypastas. But okay. a lot of YouTube users are saying that they've played them, they have videos of like them going wrong, blah blah blah, what? whatever. Oh god, I hate this already. Can yeah. we watch those afterwards? Uh, sure. Sounds good to me. Mm-hmm. Are you sure you want to? You seem a little unsure. Let me listen to them first and see if I okay. want to bring that energy into our house. Okay. So, <laughs> I'm just gonna get right into it with mm-hmm. like there's a lot of sites that I went to for these. I can put those in the notes later. But like I said, they're all pretty much creepy pastas for the most part. I don't know if they're real. One of them is is a pretty big theory and a pretty big crime slash mystery, which is the case of Elisa Lam or Lamb. Lamb, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, okay, sorry. And so that one has gained quite a bit of notoriety, but, and the other one, like I said, is a classic. The third, I hadn't heard before, and I don't think you know it, so let's just get into it, okay? Let's go. So I'm starting with the elevator game. So this one is a pretty, uh, I don't want to say famous, a pretty popular theory yeah. um, among, like, armchair detectives about the Elisa Lamb murder or death. So if you don't know who she is, we thought about talking about her and then we haven't, so we'll probably do that in the future. But she was a Canadian tourist who went and stayed at the Cecil Hotel. She had some issues there. There's some famous video of her in an elevator. And then she ended up um, drowned and naked in the water tower on the (sighs) roof of the Cecil Hotel several, I think, weeks after she had died. Um, And it was... As of now, it's unsolved or considered, like, a murder, but it's pretty mysterious. Anyway, so, a lot of people think that she might have been playing the elevator game. So, here's how that works. Okay. Yeah. So, you need at least one person, but can be played with more. A public building with at least ten floors and an elevator. Does the Cecil have more than ten floors? I don't know. I'm assuming so. I don't think it would be a popular theory theory if it didn't. Okay. Okay. So... To start the game, the players have to go into the elevator. You press the button for the fourth floor, and you don't keep going if someone enters the elevator or if one of the players leaves the elevator. If somebody does that, you start from the beginning, you get back out, you get back into the elevator, press the button for the fourth floor. So this is something you should do, like, really late at night when, like, people aren't going to be hopping in. Okay. After you get to the fourth floor, you press the second floor. Again... Don't keep going if somebody gets into the elevator or one of the players leaves. If that happens, you start over. Again, that's going to be a theme. I'm not going to keep repeating that part. So after the second floor, you press the sixth floor. Mm -hmm. After that, you press the second floor, then the tenth, then the fifth. The fifth is a big one. If a woman enters the elevator on the fifth floor, you don't look at her, you don't talk to her, Nothing. Don't acknowledge her at all. That woman is not a person. And if you do, she might possess you. Oh. How are you supposed to know it's a woman if you can't look at her? I'm just saying, if somebody gets in, don't fucking... Just don't look. Yeah. Okay. 
Just assume, I guess. Okay. <laughs> just, you know, play on the safe side. Don't right. look at them. Right. So after the fifth floor, if it all goes well, nobody gets in the elevator, you press the first floor. Again, don't keep going. If somebody gets in or gets out, same rules as before, the elevator at this point is either going to go up or it's going to go down. If it goes down and reaches the first floor, you leave and you don't look back at the elevator. If the elevator goes up, even though you've pressed the one, first floor. if it goes up and hits the 10th floor, you leave the elevator and you don't respond to the woman if she asks, one, where are you going? Two, what's wrong? Yada, yada, yada. It's going to be a high-pitched female. That's what all these creepypastas and stories are saying. Okay. So even if she gets on on the fifth floor, you can continue or you can stop. So if you choose to continue, just, again, don't fucking look at her. Don't talk to her. She's going to try and talk to you and try and get you to say something. One story even said that a woman got on, bumped into a guy who was playing the game, and naturally, out of, like, social constructs, he says, oh, I'm sorry. And boom. And he's Supposedly possessed. in the story, she follows him home. <gasps> so, Ooh. we're on the 10th floor. At this point, the elevator game has worked. Meaning, you're in the other world. So, in the other world, electronics don't work. Okay. It's identical to our world, but two differences you're going to... Two differences you're going to see are, one, all the lights are going to be off, and the only thing you'll be able to see from the windows is a red cross in the distance. What? Yeah. I don't know why I said two. I guess those are two things. Lights are off, red cross. What? So, what, like, there's nothing in this other world, but just off in the distance, you always just see a red cross? It all looks the same, but there's no lights on, so there's, like, no electricity, your phone's not going to work, yada, yeah. yada, and then, yep, if you look out into the, win- like, you're in a hotel, right, so there's windows... Hopefully. And if there's windows, you're going to see past those windows just a red cross. Huh. So, congrats. You've done what you're supposed to do in the elevator game. Now, you got to get back, right? Yeah, I was just like, now what? Can you stay in that world? I mean, if you want to, I wouldn't. Personally. Huh. I think it's mostly, like, the objective of it is to just, like, test how brave you are. Like, there's no gain from it, really. So, to get back to our world... You go back into the same elevator and you press the same buttons in reverse. But only if you leave the 10th floor. So if you start pressing the buttons and the elevator moves, sick. If it doesn't, you're probably fucked. So um, the order that you go in is 4, 2, 6, 2, 10, 5. Mm-hmm. When you reach the 5th floor again, you press the button for the 1st floor, just like you did before. And the elevator is, again, either going to go, um, go up or go down. So... Once it's, st- if it starts going up again, like it did before, press any other floor's button to cancel it going up. Press that button, it's not going to go up anymore. Mm-hmm. You have to press that button to cancel the uh, ascending elevator before you hit the 10th floor. After you reach the first floor, because you canceled that out, it's going to go back to the first floor because the original button you pressed was one. Uh-huh. It's going to go down to the first floor. If anything seems fucking weird at all, don't get off. You do not get off. If you think something's wrong, you repeat step two until your surroundings look as they should. Once you're confident that you've returned to the normal world, you can get out of the elevator. 
and you're good to go. And there is the elevator game. Some tips. Again, don't look at the woman on the fifth floor. Don't talk to the woman on the fifth floor. Tip number two. Somebody gets out, somebody leaves. Begin to get on the fourth floor if somebody gets on the elevator or someone leaves the elevator. That's the first step. Tip number three. Only people who leave at the 10th floor end up going to the other world. Getting back to your own world might be harder than you think it's going to be. Um, you can become disoriented. You can forget which elevator that you arrived in. So you leave the fifth, the, the 10th floor. You come back and you're like, oh, fuck, what elevator did I come in? If you don't get in the right one, you're not going to make it back. Sometimes the elevator will seem to get further and further away from you as you walk towards it. That's the other world trying to keep you there. I don't like that. <laughs> if at any point during the ritual you faint, pass out, or otherwise lose consciousness, you're likely to wake up in your house, which is fucking weird to me. Because the quote-unquote home that you might have returned to might not be the one that you left when you first set out to attempt the elevator game. So is it like the other world's house? I think so. That's what I'm getting from it. So what happens if you don't get off the 10th floor? If it ends up going to the 10th floor, what happens if you don't get out? And you just try to do the the second part. I don't think you have to get out to... I would not get out. It, I no. would take a little peek outside and be like, mm, no, Sick, I'm bye. good, bye. I don't know. I'm not sure. I feel like if you're going to like be ballsy enough to try it in the first place, then you're automatically going to want to get out. Yeah. I feel like, like you and I would never in a million years try this. No, never. So it wouldn't... That's why I, I'm the same... I don't want to get out. I don't yeah. want to go there. I don't know why anybody wants to go there. I don't need to I prove myself in that way. wouldn't do it unless I was mute and blind. <laughs> but then you couldn't get back in the elevator. How are you going to find it? Blind people Does it not go matter? about their lives just fine. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> um, tip number four. You must not in any case try the game too many times because it makes you susceptible to accidentally slipping through the worlds. Oh, so you mean, like, trying to get back and you feel like something's off? Just try and play the game in general. Oh, I don't mm -hmm. like this. If you don't get out of the elevator at the 10th floor, here we go. Or if the woman does not get in, you should head straight back down to the first floor. So if you don't get out on the 10th floor, you shouldn't do the second part go, of the game. Yeah, correct. You only You'll just do go to the first floor. If you get out and you can. Oh, learn. oh, okay. Yeah, that's what so we're doing. So you just go right back down to the first totally. floor. Totally. Yeah, sometimes. Easy. When you're coming back, the elevator goes back up instead of down. You no, have to no, cancel no, no, the ascension no. by pressing any button. Again, that's the other world trying to pull you back. And if you faint in the other world and find yourself back in your world, be careful because you could be pulled there and back at any moment. And this also happens to people with, quote, susceptible souls. Like astral projection? It seems that way. Like people who are... Like in, uh, what's that fuck? Insidious, right? He had no idea. He thought he was just dreaming, right? But he uh -huh. was actually astral projecting. So hmm. this seems like it would be the same. And that, my friend, is the elevator game. Some people, like I said, think that Lisa Lamb was playing the game. And Honestly, if I was playing the game by myself, I would also be as freaked out as she looks in the video. Totes. She looks terrified. Yep. Completely agree. What if she got to the 10th floor, saw something she didn't want to see... And then came back in and did the game, but then she doesn't know if it's her reality or not, so she's trying to figure it out to see if she can has to yeah. do it over again. Yeah. <gasps> we solved the crime. Did we? I'm just kidding. 
She's the hotel has 14 floors. Dang, that's a lot of rooms. Yeah. Right? And that's the elevator game. Okay. Cool. You ready for the next one? I don't know if I'm going to sleep tonight. Did you ever play this one? I've never played any creepy game. Okay. The first time I ever touched a Ouija board was in your backyard. Oh my god. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So the second game I'm going to tell you about then is Bloody Mary. I did play this game once at a sleepover, and I was terrified, and I saw ghosts all night. No, you didn't. Totally did. Okay, can we play that tonight? No. No. Sage. No. Absolutely not. I'll play it when you're asleep. No, we have to work tomorrow, and we need to sleep tonight, so no. I can call it sick. I can't. I'll call it sick because the ghosts are making me sick. (laughs) Oh my god, okay, no. We're not doing that. I'm playing it. No, you're not. You'll fall asleep. You're so full of shit. Okay. <laughs> so, according to this one, this listed a lot more. The game, Bloody Mary, the risk level that this particular website listed, high. Additional warnings for the game. All it said was fire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Risks. Never mentions fire anywhere, I don't think. The objective of this game, which the last game did not have one, the objective of this one is to summon Bloody Mary. Okay. And the reward is proof of your bravery, which is not enough that for me not... to ever play this yeah, fucking no, game. never. The roots of the mirror game, known as Bloody Mary, go all the way back to a folk tradition in the 19th century. Is that the 1800s? Yes. I get fucking confused. It's the 1800s. Okay. Because... Because we're in the 21st century. Okay. Then we're in the 2000s. I hate that. Yeah. That's confused me for decades now. Okay. Um, For decades? Literally. (laughs) For two decades. Yes. (laughs) 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 Shut up. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. It's true. You're not wrong, but that's just a funny way to put it before you're even 50, so... (laughs) Before I'm even 30. Yeah. Okay. Um, (laughs) Whatever. Oh, decades, Daniel. It's not wrong. (laughs) So it was said that if you walked backward up a staircase in a darkened house at night, passing a mirror... As you went, you would see reflected in the mirror one of two things. One, the face of the person you were destined to marry, or a skull. I would like to see the first one. If the skull appeared, it meant that you were destined to die before you got the chance to marry anyone. So that's like the very bare roots of this game, and it's evolved since then. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So, thank Bloody God Mary. We, staircase. we have none here. Thank God. Okay. I would never go up one backwards. Anyway, right? I can barely go up and forwards without Seriously? falling, <laughs> to be honest. So, Bloody Mary seems to have come a little bit later, although exactly when is pretty hazy. We know that the legend was firmly established in the U.S. by. At, like, at least by the 1970s. So, folklorist Janet Langlois's essay, quote, Mary Wales, I Believe in You, was published in the 1970s in a publication called Indiana Folklore. A reader in, which I think is Reader's Digest, maybe? Mm-hmm. In 1976 features several versions of the legend which that folklorist had gathered throughout the early 1970s. Mm-hmm. Bloody Mary... Um, it's a little questionable who she might be. To some people, she's Mary Worth, who was either a Puritan woman who was tried and executed for witchcraft, or she might be a woman who was killed in a car crash, more recently, obviously, than witchcraft executions. 
Makes sense. Could be either cars in the 1400s. Sure. To others, she's married whales, who might be the aforementioned car crash victim again, or a vanishing hitchhiker type spirit. There's a lot going on. Yeah. Um, Some say she's the vengeful spirit of a mother who lost her child, and others say she's Mary Tudor, who was the Queen of England who reigned from 1553 to 1558 and became known as Bloody Mary for the executions that she carried out against Protestants in an effort to restore Catholicism to England. Oh, dear God. That's legit and yeah, a little bit scary if I you know. ask me. That's terrifying. And that would make sense. That one does make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, some people suggest a scientific explanation for um, what people see in a mirror when they play this game. Um, it's said that when you stare into a mirror in low light, low light conditions for lengthy amounts of time, it causes our perception of what we're seeing to distort and become scary to us. What do they call that? Zach Baggins talks about it all the time. Matrixing is what he calls it. Anywho, that's... Is that what it is? I think so. Yeah, that's what Zachy Boy calls it. So, how to play the game. Are you ready? Ready. Okay. So, you choose your, your playing space. You can play this game in virtually any indoor setting the only requirement is that the room that you're in can be completely dark like blackout no light bleeding out or bleeding in from the outside has to be an interior room without windows such as a bathroom if the only options available have windows they just need to be blocked out you'll need a candle matches or a lighter and a mirror Mm -hmm. that's where the fire comes in yep that makes sense. There you go. <laughs> they cause a fire because you drop the candle. Because you freak the fuck yeah. out and you run off and then you got a candle involved. So you wait until nightfall and you bring all of your supplies into whatever room you chose and you go in there alone. Mm-hmm. If you haven't already, you black out all the windows. You set up the mirror if you have to, if there isn't one already in there. Turn out all the lights, light the candle, and you place it in front of the mirror. You face the mirror. Make eye contact with yourself. And when you're ready, you start repeating the name Bloody Mary. You say it really quiet, you get louder, then you get louder, and then you get louder. You can go once, twice, three times, all the way up to 13 times. So are you really counting the whole time, though? I don't know. I wouldn't be. I'd lose track after five. So some people say that 13 is the magic number. Once you've done the 13th one, you stop, you look in the mirror, super focused, straight into your eyes if you can and then this is the point where the face tends to change Mm -hmm. some rules you keep looking at yourself look very focused very hard and then you take a step back because you don't want to be within arm's reach of that mirror this is because some who've played it say that bloody mary will scream at you she'll reach out of the mirror and try and grab you and if that happens Obviously, not a good thing. So take a step back. If she screams, you can handle that. If she grabs you, you're kind of fucked. Ugh. She grabs you <laughs> and pulls you into the mirror world? Mm-hmm. And you're stuck in the mirror world. If you've seen The Magicians, you know that's not a good thing to be in. A lot of movies, that's not a really good thing to be in. There's a specific movie called Mirrors. Oh. I don't want to be in there. So there's some variations of this game. If that initial... One fails to achieve the desired result, which is apparently being scared out of your minds by Bloody Mary. You can use these variations. One, begin the game precisely at midnight. Sure. Or 3 a.m. I could see that being one, too. Mm-hmm. Chant the name Bloody Mary three times instead of 13, or seven times instead of 13. 
Sometimes they say that you can run the water in the sink while chanting Bloody Mary's name. And others say that instead of gazing into the mirror while you're screaming her name or saying her name, you spin. I've seen that. Oh. And then after the twelfth one, you stop spinning, you face the mirror, chant the thirteenth one while looking into the mirror. Obviously, that's going to make you disoriented and probably going to freak you out. Others say that you can replace the chant of Bloody Mary with the chant, quote, Bloody Mary, I stole your baby, which that seems like something I don't ever want to say out loud after I just said it. And you can also replace the chant Bloody Mary with the chant, I believe in Mary Worth. And that's going off of the idea that it's Mary Worth. So there's no guaranteed ways to get rid of Bloody Mary once she's been summoned, although various methods have been proposed. Some people say that you can draw a cross in the mirror with soap for three nights following the completion of the ritual. (laughs) Others say that you can burn sage in that room that you played in or flick vinegar in the four corners of the room. I guess that's like holy water, like poor man's holy water. I'm not sure. I would just sage it personally. And then don't ever use that mirror again. And then some some people say that. Others say that you can just do the cross for three nights and then your mirror is good to go. Others say don't ever use it again. But also don't break the mirror. Because people say if you break that mirror, it's going to let her out into our world. So I'll just donate to Goodwill? Yep. And hope that they don't break it? Hope that we don't buy a cursed mirror like that someday. That's out of true. karma. That's true. <laughs> and that's Bloody Mary. Interesting. Played it once and scared the shit out of me. Yeah? Did you see her? I don't know. <laughs> I saw someone that night. It was weird. Uh-huh. I don't really have a lot of memory of it. I was, like, really, really... It was, like, my first ever sleepover. Hmm. It was, like, some this girl's birthday party. There was, like, a lot of us. Yeah. I don't know. Are you ready for a third one? I'm ready. Okay. This game is called 11 Miles. So... The point of this game is to make your deepest wish come true. So there's like a legit objective to it. Hmm. So your deepest wish is going to be something that you would go through anything for, right? Because this game is going to put you through a whole fuck ton. So you're going to need a car. Done. And not like, you don't want like a Bugatti. You don't want like a fucking Jaguar. Like maybe a beater car or something that you're not too scared to get fucked up. Okay. <laughs> you can also use a motorcycle or any kind of motorbike. You can even use a Segway or a bicycle, kind oh, of. Bicycle. Sort of. bicycle. Yes. Bicycle. Just something that can get you from point A to point B. So, here's some ground rules for this here ritual. One, once you start, you have to keep your windows up. You don't open them under any circumstance at all. It's like a life or death kind of thing, so don't fucking do it. What about your bicycle? I'm going to say maybe just do it in a car. Okay. So, <laughs> next, do not turn on the radio. Listen to CDs, listen to music, nothing. It's got to be silent. I already hate this. <laughs> Keep your phones at home. Do not bring them. You're not going to need to call for help. You're not going to need to be on Instagram, nothing like that. If you think you can't live without it, fine. Try and bring it. Let's see what fucking happens. Oh. That's like putting your phone on not airplane mode when you're trying to fly. Mm -hmm. See what fucking happens. See what fucking happens. So, another tip for this. If you have a lead foot, like I do, you really don't, but I do, that's going to be a problem 
this entire thing you can only drive 30 miles an hour and you have to go that speed the whole time no matter what the condition of the drive is um so if you have cruise control solid use it you can if it's a blizzard outside just don't do it yep totally the last two rules are one don't ever leave your car and two you have to be alone can't do it with somebody i don't like this so Keeping in mind these rules, just remember every choice that you make during this has a consequence, and the people who don't listen to the rules, according to legend, don't generally make it out of the ritual with their car entirely intact, nor their bodies entirely intact. Oh, cool. Love it. Here we go. So, you gotta do it at nighttime, of course, when the roads aren't super busy and there's no cars. Um, Anyone who lives out in the boonies, just use your back dirt roads, that'll help. The ritual will begin when you find the road that you're looking for. This road will not have any name, and the only way you can reach it is if you know what you're looking for. You'll know the right road once you start seeing signs of what you desire in the branches of the trees. So, that means in the woods you might see, let's say, you want wealth. You might see diamonds in the forest. If you want love, you might see rose petals, etc., etc., so the the ritual officially starts once you see your desired object. Uh, so if you have second thoughts, you might just go ahead and turn back around, go home, go to bed. Mm-hmm. Mile one. Not a lot's going to change, but it's going to get a little bit colder. So if you have heat, turn that on. Try to stay chill. Being nervous is not going to help it, especially when you have 11 miles and you're at mile one. Mile two. It's going to be colder. It's going to keep getting colder. And at this point, if your heater isn't helping... You can speed up, but remember, don't go over 30 miles an hour. Reason why is that your journey becomes very hazardous, and it's very dangerous to go more than 30 miles an hour. There's a lot of sharp turns, rocks, potholes, no streetlights, things like that. So, keep that in mind. Mile three. Surroundings change slightly, mainly the road itself. So, the road changes to dirt, if it hasn't already, if you didn't start on dirt. Try and stay in the middle. It's a good like rule of thumb anyways if you're on a dirt road like stay in the middle while you can you might start to see the shadows of other humans in the trees Mm. don't look at them even though you're gonna want to mile four the shadows will be getting closer and you might start hearing them whispering in the back of your head but tune them out just like you don't look at them try not to hear them don't try and figure out what the voices are saying if you listen to them it's just gonna make them come closer Mile five, the forest is going to disappear. You're going to see a reflective lake in which the moon is going to shine brightly on it. Don't look at it, because if you do, you're going to end up in the lake, sinking to the bottom of it. Love it. In your bougie-ass car. Hopefully you didn't get a bougie-ass car for this. Mile six, you're halfway there. A little over halfway there. The woods come back, the moon goes away. You're back in the darkness with only your headlights, but even then... They start flickering and they start to go out. No. Your radio then turns on. No. A soothing voice is going to talk to you about your greatest fears. <laughs> no. Again, don't listen to it because it's going to throw you off your path. <laughs> you need to go faster, go ahead, but don't go over 30 miles an hour. At the end of this mile, the voice is going to go away. Mile seven, this is where shit hits the fan. Shadows come back, and they're fucking pissed. They're loud, they yell, they scream, and it seems like they're getting closer and closer and closer. And that's because one of them 
tends to make it into people's cars. Oh, no. Nobody knows how, but they're along for the rest of the ride, and they're going to sit right behind you, talking in your uh. ear, but do not turn around. Oh, no. You don't want to know what they look like. You don't want to hear what they're saying. These tend to be the people that have attempted the ritual, but failed it, and now they want to take you with them. But they can't physically harm you, so that's chill. Just ignore them. Okay. <laughs> don't look at them. Don't listen to them. Mile eight. Everything else going on, don't forget that you're still only going 30 miles an hour at most, and you're probably going to need to slow down, uh, because this is where the road starts taking a lot of sharp turns. At this point, it's going to feel like it's below freezing, and your heater just straight up is not going to help that at all. So, bundle up before you go. Your headlights have either turned to strobe lights or have completely shut off. Um, you can't stop driving. If you need a break for a second to do so, don't wait too long because the shadows are following your car. You got that one homeboy still in your back seat. Aww. And if you stop for too long, they'll surround you and they're gonna more are going to come into your car. Mile nine, your car stops working. And what? every system inside. Shadows are going to be all around your car. The windows are probably going to crack from them trying to get in. Try to start the car with your eyes closed. Don't fucking open them because you got all these shadow fuckers around you. But eventually, it'll start back up. And that is the only way to get away from all the bad shit, all the scary shit, and to get onto the last couple of miles. So, once this car starts again, fucking floor it, and the shadows will stop once this mile's over. Mile 10, things have calmed down, all the voices stopped, no more shadows, but you're still going to be, um, they're still going to be following you, but they're not in your car, they're not around your car. Mile 11 last mile. Once you hit it, the car is going to lose power again, but it's still going to keep moving forward, and you're going to see a red glowing light ahead getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It's going to get so big that it's going to seem like your car is straight up going into this light, and you got to close your eyes. Cover them with your hands if you have to, cover your ears if you can, but when it comes down to it, don't open your eyes. You don't want to see what's coming. Next 31 seconds or hours or whatever it ends up feeling like are scary, painful, everything you can imagine that's bad. Okay. So, it's going to feel like you're in a fire. It's going to feel like your skin's burning off your bones. It's going to be fucking awful. Keep your eyes shut. Do not open your eyes and then you'll be fine. Once you've made it through that mile, you're going to be done. The car's going to start again, even though... It's going to look like it shouldn't, like this car's going to look fucked up, but it's not. So it's going to start again. Um, you're going to hit a dead end. Stop at this point, close your eyes, think about what you wanted and why you did it in the first place. That wish that you had in the first, the, the reason why you went on this horrible 11 mile drive. Once you've really visualized what you wanted, open your eyes and you're going to be where you started. At what? this point... If you wanted something like money, clothes, something materialistic, it's going to be in the trunk of your car. Interesting. If you wanted something that wasn't, it's going to come to you within the next couple of days. If what you wanted isn't there immediately, drive back home, and whatever you wanted is going to be at your house. And that's the end of the 11-mile drive. Interesting. I've heard that one a few times. And Have you? Yeah. I have, and there's a lot of YouTubers who say they've tried it. I kind of want to try it. Fuck no. 
I kind of want to try it. No. It's only, I just looked it up. It'll only take like 20 minutes if we're, if we're going 30 miles per hour the whole time. Just over 20 minutes. And then we're having to slow down for sharp turns and stuff. So like, I don't know, like 25 minutes at oh. most. Easy. Sounds awful. Easy. Awful. But fun game. Super fun game. Let's play it. Ugh. So wait, you just drive mm-hmm. on a road mm-hmm. and it's supposed to hit. Is there a specific type of road? Because if I were to drive on I-25 for 11 miles going 30 miles per hour, it's not going to turn into dirt. Nope. It's going to be back roads. And you, you have to choose it. a back road? You'll know when you've hit the road. It's going to be unnamed and you'll know what it, which one it is because in the forest, you're going to see things But what if you're playing this in the desert? It becomes a forest. How long does it take for you to get to there? Mm-hmm. So you're just going to drive, drive, drive until you see the no-name road and you start seeing trees. It's all about your intention. And then once you start seeing that shit, then your mouths start. Yep. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Nope. Anybody want to do it with me? Nope. Email us. <laughs> at who knew podcast 666 at com. Provide a car because you're not ruining mine. <laughs> and those are my games. I like it. I'm disappointed. Why? I thought you were going to tell us about the doll one. What doll one? One that you oh, told me I about. I fucking forgot about that one. Do you want me to just add it in there? If you want to. I can add it in there. Hold on. I really like that one. We'll do a bonus game. Stand by. So I got a lot of my info on this from a website called Hide and Go Kill. Yeah. So this is called The Living Doll. Okay. Ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. People say uh, that the living doll is more dangerous than hide-and-go-seek alone, obviously. The main difference between the two games is when the doll finds you in this game, it smiles, which is Ugh. fucking terrifying if you ask me. Like so, that. you're going to need something, a human doll, which is a doll that looks like a human. Uh, this can be a china doll. It cannot be cotton or plush. So, not a raggedy and doll. Correct. So, something like a little baby doll that you would get... Right. Like as a kid. Right. Um, you're going to need two mirrors, a piece of your hair, a candle, and five or more, more the better, spoons of salt wrapped in paper. Interesting. So things to keep in mind. One, there cannot be anybody else in the house. Um, it has to just be you and this doll. And by playing this game, you're risking your own life. Don't risk the other the lives of other people, too. And that's what you would do if there were other people in the house. So. Oh, my God. Two. I didn't realize that this was going to kill you. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Don't make noise if the doll finds you. It could be checking all the rooms and not see you. So, if it enters the room that you're in, don't make a fucking noise, and hopefully it's not going to find you. Same way, don't run from it for the same reason. It's going to catch you, so don't run. Ew. End the game before the sun comes up, or the spirit will not leave the doll. Do not use all the salt, as it will... It'll be a waste and you'll need it for later. Also remember to keep the salt in your hand at all times while playing this game. It might be the only defense that you have if the doll ends up finding you. And the last one, you must never dedicate a shrine to the doll under any circumstance. I don't know why you would ever do that, but whatever. So, steps for this. Place two mirrors so that they face each other and put the doll with your hair in it, in its hand. You put your hair in the doll's hand. And the candle in the middle, between the two mirrors. You wait until midnight and point towards the doll, and you say, quote, I'm giving you a new body, 
Please accept it. Oh, no. And then you say, let's play five times. You take the salt in your hand. You say, please find me. If you do, I'll give you my life. (gasps) Why the fuck would you say that? I don't know. So then you run around your house. You turn off all the lights and you have to do it fucking fast or else the doll's going to find you. Can't turn the lights off before the game starts. Find a good hiding spot, preferably with a quick escape route where you can run to end the game in the likely case that the doll finds you and you hide. So. This would be a good time to have Alexa connected oh to your electricity. Oh my god. Alexa, turn off the lights. Yeah, dude, right? I'm gonna go. <laughs> so, to end the game, you get out of your hiding place and you go to the room with the candle. You find the candle, face the candle, and you say, you lose five times. Don't say, <laughs> this fandom literally says, no, do not say you lose biatch. That's disrespectful and will anger the spirit, so don't. You can cut that out, it's fine. Uh, you say, you lose five times. Turn off the can. Turn off the candle. Uh, blow out, blow the, out can. the candle. <laughs> spray salt on yourself and eat some, also. That's fair. I like salt, so whatever. Okay, so maybe you should play this game. And then you go find the doll. Then you put salt on the doll. Turn on all the lights. Make a very happy, cheerful atmosphere in the house. Watch some cartoons. Play some music. And then to get the spirit out of the doll for good, you burn the doll. And I don't know what giving it a shrine is. Why would you do that? Giving it a shrine? Like giving, like putting it on like this uh, little area and then like we'll dedicating a space. space to it. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I I'd like make a that. shrine for you. No. Don't ever do that. It's So this game is very similar to a Japanese game, which uh, translates to Hide and Seek Alone, which is Hitori Kakurimbo, which is a famous game in Japan and Korea, but originated in Japan where you let a spirit or a demon possess a doll and you play the game of Hide and Seek with them. The game is Necromancy. Just talked about this. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> There's a peek into our home life. Um, it's potentially very dangerous and not good for your sanity. Do not play this game just because you're curious or want to experience it for yourself, blah, blah, blah. So you have to have a stuffed doll for this one. It's not a human doll. Rice, um, enough to be used for stuffing instead of the cotton that's in the doll. Uh-huh. Something from your body. Fingernails are Ew. very common. A sharp-edged object to anger the spirit in the doll by stabbing it. Don't use scissors or a knife, as the doll could grab it after it finds you and stab you with it. So use, like, a pencil or a needle or something like that. A wooden toothpick is another good one to use also. You need red thread to sew up. So you take this doll, you put a bunch of rice in it, you put your little fingernails in it, and then you sew it up with this red thread. Mm Mm-hmm. The red thread symbolizes blood vessels and acts as a restraint later in the game. Okay. And then you also need salt water or salt, a bathtub with water, and a very safe hiding spot. So this is like the scarier version of the other game, I think. This would be the perfect time to have a panic room. Right? So, what you do in this one, you give the doll a name, but it cannot be your name or anybody that you like. Um, you cut the doll open, take all of its stuffing out, put the rice in it, like I said, and then the part of your body, probably your fingernails, sew it back up with the red thread, wrap the remaining red string around the whole doll, this binds the spirit, and then you make a bath in, like, your bathtub, or if you don't have a bathtub, you use, like, a big, like, 
basin, like a fucking tote. I don't know. Fill it with water, and then you'd wait until 3 a.m. At 3 a.m. sharp, you take the doll and yourself to the bathroom, and you repeat, the first tagger is whatever your name is. So I would say the first tagger is Jack. Three times sternly while closing your eyes, and then you put the doll in the bathtub. You walk away to another room. Don't fucking look back, because... If you do, you might see the spirit possessing the doll. And if that spirit makes eye contact with you or sees that you're looking at it, it's going to just fuck the doll, uh-huh. come back to you. Dear God. Count slowly from 1 to 10. After that, you turn around and you go back to the doll. Go close to the doll in the bath and say, I found you, whatever you named the doll. Um, and then you stab the doll with whatever you chose in the supplies. Uh, list that I gave you. Toothpick. Sure. After that, you close your eyes and you repeat, now, whatever you named the doll, is it. So the doll's it. Three times you say that. You leave the object inside the doll. You pour some salt water in your mouth, which sounds awful. Don't drink it because that's bad for you. But the salt water in your mouth protects you from the spirit in the doll. You're going to need the remaining salt water to end the ritual. Bring along the cup of salt water. Go to your hiding place. Keep your doors and windows unlocked unless you unexpectedly have issues and need to get the fuck out of there. It's recommended to have a cell phone in this one, which is weird. Just keep it on silent mode um, and low brightness. Keep the salt water in your mouth at all times during the game. Don't ever attempt to swallow it. Stay quiet. And if the doll finds you, it will stab you with the object you stabbed it with and possibly possess you. To end the game... It's like a legit, like, Japanese ritual that people I'm not fucking surprised. do. They do some um, ending the ritual shit. is very important as it ends the game as well. Makes sense. You get out of your hiding spot, you go find the doll, it might not be in the bathroom still, which is fucking terrifying, and then you drink the salt water, which is nuts. Don't fucking do that. It's bad for you. Pour the remaining salt water around the doll in a circle as well. You close your eyes and you shout, I win three times, and the spirit and the doll will give up. And the game will end. You have to get rid of the doll by burying it with salt. Otherwise, the spirit is going to try and get back in the doll, come get you again. Some versions of this game say put salt in every corner of your house after you bury the doll. I That sounds fine to me. And that's hide and go seek alone. That one creeps me out so much more. Than the first one? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Because the doll's finding you. I feel like the first one's like you. a toned down version of it. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine turning around and seeing this doll chasing after you. People use, like, teddy bears and things like that for it. Ew. Yeah. So, those are my games. I like that there one. That are. one's my favorite. Thanks for reminding me to add of another course. two. You can cut that part out and make it sound like I just had this planned. But okay. Yeah. Totally. I'll do go. my best. Sick. Super <laughs> sick. Okay. So, you told us about some cool, creepy games. I'm going to tell you the history about a cool, creepy day. Are you ready for yeah. the history of Friday the 13th? The day I got my cheapest uh, piercing ever. I'm not surprised. $13. I also got a cheap tattoo. Which one? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> You're stripping. I'm not stripping. I'm taking <laughs> off a jacket. My Bring Me the Horizon tattoo. Oh, I love it. I know. They had it on their flash thing for the Friday the 13th thing, and I went to the, my tattoo artist, and I was just like, can you modify? She's like, sure. (laughs) So I got what I wanted, but not... It was fine. But it was also 13. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, it was sick. Anyways, um, 
we're going to talk about the number itself. Not about the day right now, just about the number for a little bit. Dope. So Western cultures show the number 12 being, quote, completeness, such as 12 days of Christmas, 12 months, 12 zodiac, like 12 tribes of Israel. Like, this 12 is, like, a very common number and a common theme. Mm-hmm. So... Even mathematicians and scientists point to that number being, like, dominant and consider the number 12 a perfect number. Mm -hmm. And in the ancient world, it pointed back to all things I already told you. But the number 13 was the opposite of that. They're like, 12 is a good number, 13, fuck that shit. So... (laughs) It's believed that the origins of the negative connotation to the number 13 started in the late 19th century. So the 1800s. Yep. Got it. Isn't that weird? (laughs) (laughs) So the first documented mention, however, of the number being associated with a Friday was a biography of by an Italian composer, Giacchino Rossini, who died on Friday the 13th. And in a 1907 book called... Friday the 13th, by an American businessman named Thomas Lawson, it, like, further encourages this stipulation. Basically, this book is about a New York City stockbroker who uses the superstitions about Friday the 13th to cause chaos on Wall Street, thus bringing him all of the money because he's, like, fucking up the system and making people, like, you know, do whatever the fuck Wall Street's for. (laughs) Try no trades. I know, right? But there are other beliefs that it has biblical origins, such as Jesus being crucified on a Friday, and there were 13 guests at the Last Supper before his crucifixion. On top of that, Judas was the 13th guest to arrive to the Last Supper, and he was the betrayer of Jesus. So, this also goes into the fateful day of Eve giving Adam the apple from the garden, or whatever, and that is said to be on a Friday. Hmm. As well as, that is the day that Cain killed Abel. On Friday. On Friday. So, So bad things happen on Fridays. Apparently in Christianity, or Catholic, like, anything that believes in that kind of form of God, that... All those bad things happen on a Friday. There is one claim by History.com that suggests that the day has been associated with misfortune since 1307. I know. This is because in that year, a French king, Philip, Philip, King Philip, the fourth, (laughs) aka Philip, to keep Philip in there now. (laughs) Aka Philip. We aren't gonna laugh about him there in a second. Shitbag. Yep. Oh. He gave orders to arrest hundreds of the Knights of Templar in France, and that apparently happened on Friday the 13th. Not only was he ordered to arrest these people, but he apparently imprisoned those on charges of various illegal behaviors just because he wanted access to their financial resources. And... That's not nice. Depending on whatever he found out, I guess, he um, killed many of them. Oh. There's that. Well, there it's a cult, so it's a cult, the Templar. Yeah. Oh, I don't know about that. It's like there's people who say it's part of like the Illuminati. And part oh, of, that um, would make sense. It's Masonry. like this old yeah. ancient yeah, yeah. secret society. Yeah, which yeah. we'll talk more about secret societies. Love it. I know. So at this point, I'm just gonna keep telling you more things that like make it Friday the Thirteenth. Anyways, even Norse lore doesn't like thirteen because Loki 
was the 13th guest of a dinner party in Valhalla, which upset the balance of the 12 gods that were there. The perfect number. Piece of shit. I know. God damn it, Loki. I know. Could you wait for a different party? <laughs> exactly. But to feed into this, anyone who doesn't know, Loki was first introduced as the mischievous god in this particular incident. So, so he went there to fuck it up. Yes. Okay. 100%. And it, it just can't be coincidental that it's always a 13, you know what I mean? Right. Anyways, another early myth, myth that feeds into this fear is the Code of Hammurabi? Hammurabi. Have you ever heard of this? Hammurabi? Hammurabi? Maybe that's how you say it. Mm. Um, so I'm going to give you a brief history lesson because this is kind of a big deal. The Code of Hammurabi is one of the earliest and most complete written legal codes that is proclaimed yeah. by the Babylonian king Hammurabi. Ham- oh my gosh. <laughs> I just want to. I want to say. You're having a stroke. <laughs> it's because Har- I wanna... Are you going to say Harambe? <laughs> <laughs> I keep thinking of the gorilla. <laughs> Harambe. That's not right. <laughs> <laughs> but what was I saying before? Hammer. Uh, let me look at it. <laughs> let me see. Let me see. Uh, the Babylonian king Hammurabi, who is the king from around 1792 to 1750 BC. So this is way, way back the fuck then. Before. Yes. Okay. This code. This le. <laughs> oh my god. This legal code apparently omitted the 13th law from its list of laws. So basically they were like, all these numbers, and they are like, oh, we don't need a 13th law. We're just going to skip from 12 to 14. It's like how hotels Ye- supposedly skip the 13th. I'll oh, talk boy. about that in a second. Though others claim that the omission of this was just an error made by a translator, and then History.com just approves all of that. Disproves. They're History.com like, is a little bit... Like, the history channel in general is a little loose. What do you mean? Like, lately, like, the last ten years, it's been a lot less history and a lot more, like, questionable things that may or may not be provable. Like, (laughs) not scientific at all. Well, this is what they claim. They disproved all of those theories I just told you about the legal code, saying that the code, it doesn't numerically list its laws, so oh. it doesn't even have right. anything to skip. <laughs> so this might just be a conspiracy, or maybe History.com is just pulling one up on us. Who knows? There is actual scientific names for the phobia associated with Friday the 13th, or just the number 13. I am not going to try to pronounce those, I know because... It. Hold on, let me see. I, I didn't write them down. Is. Oh. Yeah, I didn't even write them down because I was like, I'm not even going to try to pronounce this. I can't even pronounce Bab- Babylonian. Triskaidekaphobia. Okay. That's I, what it I is. I knew that before this. Okay. I think about that one, Triskaidekaphobia, and I think of trichotillomania a lot, which is when you pull your hair out. So, I'm going to go into the math about Friday the 13th now. Every year we'll have at least one Friday the 13th, and there's no way for there to be more than three in one year. Weird. The longest you can go without seeing a Friday the 13th is 14 months. But you're probably going to have, like, a lot that next year. It depends. Okay. So in order to have a Friday the 13th to happen, that month must start on a Sunday. So if it doesn't start on a Sunday, you're not going to have a Friday the 13th. Mm. 
But you want to hear some weird patterns and other ways to know that Friday the 13th is going to happen. So, if a new year starts on a Thursday, then it is guaranteed that February, March, and November will have a Friday the 13th. But that's only for years that do not have a leap year. Which means it'll happen a total of 11 times in the 21st century. So the next one that will happen in that pattern will be in 2026. So pretty soon. For years that have a leap year, if the year starts on a Sunday, then the Friday the 13th will happen in January, April, and July. So that means that this type of pattern will happen again in 2040. So that's something to look forward to, I guess. Most interestingly, with these two different types of patterns that I just told you about, they occur in 28-year cycles. So every 28 years, we will get that pattern. Hmm. Wikipedia literally has a whole chart on Friday the 13th, and when they happen, and like month by month by year, it's like, it goes super in-depth about all that stuff. I didn't really want to do that, because that was very confusing. But those are just two of my favorite patterns. It's more of a Western idea, because in Italy, it's Friday the 17th, because to them, the number 13 is lucky, which is the same with ancient Egyptian culture. But a lot of Spanish-speaking countries, as well as Greece... Tuesday the 13th is the day of bad luck. Hmm. Right? Weird. I have no idea why. I didn't really go in depth. I'm going with the American version. But in areas of the East and Southeast Asia, number four is their feared number that they avoid. This is most common because the words four and death are very similar. So they kind of try to hmm. stray away from that. Yeah. Um, here in America, there was a stress management center and phobia institute from Asheville, North Carolina, who did a study and found that more than 80% of high-rise buildings in the U.S. do not have a 13th floor. That most commonly happens in hotels because that's where you see those large buildings. Since 1995, Finland has gone extra lengths and decided one Friday the 13th a year is to observe National Accident Day, which is just to bring awareness to safety on roads, home, workplace, basically everywhere. They want you to be safe. So let's go into something good that we all know about when thinking about Friday the 13th, which is the movies that started in 1980 that brought us Jason Voorhees. You can learn more about Jason on this really cool podcast that I'm sure everybody's heard about. It's called Guide to the Unknown. They go in depth about it during their Slashtober. It's episode 152. Um, I'm sure there's other podcasts about that. But I'm not going to go too in-depth. We know he kills people. Anyways, right. more recently, there are bad things that are associated with that day that are pretty tragic, such as the German <laughs> bombing of Buckingham Palace was on Friday the 13th in September of 1940. There was a cyclone that killed more than 300,000 people in Bangladesh, and that was on a Friday the 13th in November of 1970. The disappearance of Chilean Air Force plane last seen in the um, Andes like the Andes Mountains, right, right, right. was on a Friday the 13th in October of 1972. The death of Tupac was on Friday the 13th, September of 1996. And the crash of the Costa Concordia cruise ship that killed 30 people off the coast of Italy, that was on Friday the 13th, January of 2012. I was going to say that was pretty recently. Yep, that was. Ooh. So, evidence. There is none. 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, sh- one bullet point. Men. No, 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 no. There, there has been research that has been done. Like, all of those bad things that I just listed is just bad shit that happened to happen on a Friday the 13th. Research has been done to check and see if there's more hospital visits or there's more natural disasters, but there's been nothing to prove that consistently that day is, like, the harbinger of doom. Right. It's just coincidence that we connected to that, I suppose. I feel like humans look for little scapegoats like that. Like, yeah. We right. look for it's things like, to justify. It's because it's a full yeah, moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm having a shit day because it's a full moon, but Literally. tomorrow I'll be fine. Oh, man, I spilled coffee on my pants. I can't blame it on the new moon. You know? <laughs> you can't blame that shit on a new moon. I don't know how that works. I'm blaming we blame the moon for a lot of shit. Uh, at work on full moons. I don't, don't believe that shit. Oh, just wait. I don't. Baby, I've been in this industry pretty... I I know. I work with people that are like, oh, it's a full moon. It's going to be trash tonight. And I'm just like, yeah, bring it on. <laughs> I know on January 1st, we're also going to get railed with calls, but I don't blame that on the blue, the new moon, you know, or the full moon. <laughs> oh, 100% blame it on a full moon. <laughs> okay. I'll do it. I don't uh, care. It makes me feel better. And that's the point. It makes us feel better. Psychology? Yeah. But Friday the 13th has proven to show financial loss. So much as $800 million annually. Why do you ask? Great question. It's because nobody wants to get married on a Friday the 13th. Nobody wants to travel on a Friday the 13th. No one wants to work on that day because they think something bad will happen. Yep. Yep. People automatically know if there's a Friday the 13th, basically airlines know... That day, no one's gonna want to fly. No one's gonna want to ride a train. I never even thought of that. Yeah, isn't I can't that crazy? Think of a single time where I've like booked a flight and then looked at what day of the week it was or like what day of the month it was. I bet I've probably flown on a Friday the Thirteenth and didn't even realize it. Uh, yeah, but I guess people that have whatever phobia sure. that is very keen to that kind of stuff. <laughs> so, a New York man in the late nineteenth century tried to break this curse, and he created what is called the Thirteen Club. Which is an exclusive society that dines on the 13th... Okay, don't get lost with me here. It's going to be a lot. They dine on the 13th day of the month in room 13 of a Knickerbocker cottage with 13 guests to eat a 13-course meal. That sounds badass. I would love to be a part of that. <laughs> but just wait. Before eating their food, they will go under a ladder and banner... <laughs> the banner reads... More a black cat. Mm, no. <laughs> Might as well. So this banner reads... Moratori de Sela... Salutamus, which is Latin for those of us who are about to die, salute you. Okay. Okay? And then the coolest thing about this private club is that at least four former U.S. presidents were a part of this club. Those presidents are Chester A. Arthur, who is the 21st president, Grover Cleveland, 22nd and 24th president, Benjamin Harrison, the 23rd president, and Theodore Roosevelt, the 26th president. 22 through 26? Yeah. 21 through 26, actually. Badass. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. For that, like, a couple of decades that That's pretty this cool. group of presidents were super into that. We could start that here. Do we have, we have a Knickerbocker? I don't know. We could go to Denver and we could find something. Yeah, right. No. That's bad. Um, I just, they're very picky about who they let in, so I'm very curious as to, like, why after Roosevelt, no presidents at least publicly said that they were a part of this club. Makes me think it's like... Which Roosevelt was it? Theodore. Oh. I don't know. I don't know either. Now let's talk about some people who were born on Friday the 13th, such as 
ever-famous Alfred Hitchcock was born Friday the 13th in August of 1899, in which he made his directorial debut in 1922 with a movie called Number 13. (laughs) But it never became a thing because of financial problems. So (laughs) everybody thinks that that is cursed. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Our favorite twins, Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen, were born on a Friday the 13th. I said that, but... Yeah. Hmm? Go ahead. What? Our favorite twins? My favorite twins. Oh, okay. I don't know about you. I'm more of a Dylan and Cole Sprouse kind of guy, but go ahead. Anyways. Also, former president of Cuba, Fidel Castro, was born on a Friday the 13th. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I wonder if... I don't think Hitler was, so... Hmm. No, he was born in March. Hold on. No, he was born on 420. 420. Yeah, he's born 420. Anyways, um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. So, there's something to look forward to for us. Friday, April 13th, 2029, there will be an asteroid that will fly by the Earth. This asteroid is called 99942 Apophis. <laughs> I don't think that's how you say it. It cannot be right. A-P-O-P-H-I-S. Apophis? Apophis? Apophis sounds better, but... Either way, it's fucking weird. So, at the time when they first discovered about this asteroid, I guess NASA or whoever the fuck found it was like, there was a small chance that it might collide with Earth. Hmm. Like, okay, that's not scary to happen on a Friday the 13th, but as it's gotten closer, apparently they've made the definitive choice that it is definitely not going to collide on Earth. Oh. But well, what good. a big bummer. That would have been fun. Speaking of, have you heard about recent things colliding with Earth? Hmm. So China, I think China, ooh, I think China, launched a rocket up into the air. You I have this? heard about this. Yeah. yeah. I saw a TikTok about it. Yeah. Was it the dude? Gonna land? I don't know. It's supposed to land in the next, like, two weeks, and they're like, oh, it could be anywhere from here to here, which is Anywhere from New York to New Zealand. Yeah, literally, <laughs> like, the entire middle portion of, like, the fat part of Earth. Like, Here's the thing, though, that I think about is that... We have a lot of ocean. That's what I was going to say. 70% of our world... I went... I don't know the actual percentage, but a large percent of Earth is water. The chance that it's going to land directly on New York City is Dude, very what rare. It did though? Oh my god, that'll be a nightmare. That would be a nightmare, and I'm glad I'm not a dispatcher in New York Dude, City. Right? What if lands here? Then I guess it was our time to die, babe. So that's about it. That's all that I have for the history about Friday the Thirteenth and stories and stuff like that. I know it's kind of blasé, but I mean, like, there's really nothing that's like in stone about like why we have made these connections we're humans are so interesting yeah because we do that shit all the time like Mm. we make things out of nothing and then we place like a lot of feeling on it yeah totally but there is a very interesting article by cnn that you can literally google and it's about, like, superstitions and the mm-hmm. science behind superstitions and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I enjoyed reading about it. I was not going to put it in here, though, because it's, like... It's got a lot of other shit. It's got isn't... a lot of other stuff yeah. that I was just like, this is... Right. that Now I'm going to turn into history.com, sure. like, boring your ear off. Yeah. So if you're interested, um, check it out. It's literally called Friday the 13th, how it came to be and why it's considered unlucky. But it's not just about Friday the sure. 13th. <laughs> so. Like, it was very misleading, so. Yes, it was very misleading, and 
yeah, that's all I have. I love it. Sick. Good job. Thanks. I don't have anything else. Do you have anything else? I don't think so. I'm ready to eat some food. Nugs. Yeah. You can, like I said earlier in the podcast, you can email us at whonewpodcast666 at gmail.com. Whonewpodcast on Instagram. And then you can also find us on Patreon by just searching the same thing. You'll find it. And then we have some merch if you look in our link tree, which can be found on Instagram. Um, you can find all of that as well. So, also, there's some tank tops that are available up there. They're super cute. One of our, one of our friends, we talk about her all the time, Monique. She bought a tank top. Looked really good on her. It looked great. Super on her. good on her. So yeah. like, check it out. It's summertime's coming. I'm if it's not get here one. already for you guys. Yeah, I'm totally gonna get one. Totes. Getting the boobs lopped off in like a month, so yeah. I'll be a summer tank top ready. Yeah, I'm gonna get one. So sick, love it. Okay, Oliver. Okay, hold on. You're up, big guy. You're up, big guy. Oh, are you sleepy, boy? Okay, he's not gonna do okay. it. Okay. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye.